Hey, we are back at the Welcome to the J podcast. I'm your host, Johannes Managa, uh, here with a very special guest. Before I introduce him, I want to make sure you guys like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network. There's a bunch of good stuff going on here, great content. A bunch of guys representing the alma maters, me, myself, obviously, Redmond, the boys, the CU Blue Jays. But, you know, a bunch of guys like Patrick Young is representing the Florida Gators and all that stuff. So make sure that you like and subscribe. And stay tuned to what we're doing today. A very special guest, Big Brother is a guy that I really look up to. He was once dubbed the Vince Carter of Turkey for his highlight dunks. He was also an all-star in Turkey, as well as a member of championship-winning teams in Kazakhstan and in Italy. Uh, he was a junior college transfer who spent two years at the Hilltop, scoring 584 points in his Blue Jay uniform. He's been a pro overseas for 11 years now, playing in Slovakia, Turkey, China, Russia, Israel, Kazakhstan, Dubai, Italy, France, and currently playing in Croatia. He's a high flyer and all-around playmaker, the pride of Gettysburg, man, <laughs> Justin Carter. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the gym, bro. How you doing, man? Hey, man. Uh, I'm blessed, man. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you invited me on here, man. Hey, this, just, is a long, this is a long time coming. This is episode number <laughs> seven, bro. I've been meaning to get you on here. I'm happy that we finally were able to, to get this done, schedule it out, sure. and we'll be able to chop sure. it up a little bit. Yes, sir. So I definitely want to get into your career as a pro, your career as a Blue Jay, your junior college career. Um, before we get all that, though, we have to talk about the boys playing today. Finally, they snap a two-game losing streak uh, against a UConn team that was playing against them. Without the help of Book Knight, who actually dropped 40 on them back in December, uh, mm-hmm. it was a up and up and down battle, uh, back and forth battle. The boys kept themselves at arm's length for most of the game, with UConn mm-hmm. really clawing back into the game. But uh, with the last couple of games, we saw Denzel Mahoney struggle, but he really stepped up tonight, scoring 20 points. Justin, you are a man that plays a two and a three position, just like Denzel does. And, you know, for the people who don't remember what your game looks like, you were a bigger guard with, you know, obviously you had the skills like Denzel does. Mm-hmm. If you saw a smaller mm-hmm. guy on you, you backed him down to the post. If you had a yeah. bigger guy on you, you brought him out to the perimeter and it was it was uh, barbecue chicken from then on. So <laughs> yes, sir. obviously having that experience uh, and then seeing the maturity of Denzel, you know, struggling the last two games, having a really good game. Uh, what's your mindset going into games, depending on what the defense does to match up against you? Uh, I mean, first you want to look at, um, uh, you know, how they're playing you in the beginning. You know, uh, every every defender wants to, you know, take away your strengths. Um, you know, as Denzel, he's a he's a great a great shooter. Um, he has great confidence. So uh, I think for him, you know, when he was struggling, I think he wasn't he he was just lacking a little confidence, lacking a little rhythm. I want to say uh, within the game. Um, you know, it, it was it was different when, you know, he was kind of the guy when, when Marcus went out for those two or three games. Mm-hmm. So he had to, you know, step up, which he which he did for sure. And then when Marcus got back, he kind of um, was trying to catch a rhythm, couldn't catch it. And, and, and then today, obviously, him having having those 20 points and getting back on the um, and the Jays getting back on the winning streak is it's 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 it's, it's good. Yeah, and he's such an important part of this team. He's another guy who could really get his. Obviously, we know what Marcus is going to do whenever he's healthy. We know what Mitch mm-hmm. is going to do, bombing <clears> threes <throat> on the outside. Damon Jefferson, is, in my opinion, he's been my favorite player to watch. He's been in 
uh, a much improved offensive player and he's getting a lot more responsibility. But Denzel could really be an X factor, a key to this team if he continues to apply pressure on the defense, uh, getting into his spots, pulling up like he did oftentimes today, and then getting to the mm-hmm. line, knocking down free throws. Another mm-hmm. thing that I want to talk to you about, obviously, his three-point shooting is, is something that's very important to force those bigger guys who are defending him to close out mm-hmm. uh, at a further distance. Uh, like I said, you and him have very similar games. You have a lightning quick first step. Uh, <laughs> when you see a bigger guy close out in front of you, what 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 are you thinking about as you catch that ball on the on the perimeter? Uh, I would say first I would look at you know what, what side is he leaning on, what side is he closing out on, what, what side what, you know what foot is first. I mean, I was always taught like if, if a guy is you know closing out with his left foot. You know, we want to attack that same foot that he's he, he's closing out on just because he'll be off balance. And, you know, I, I'm always thinking that I'm quicker than a, a taller guy. So attacking that foot for sure, I, I try to get past him, at least get my shoulders past him. And then I can create and, and, and finish that way. I, another thing I want to talk to you about, obviously, Marcus Zagorowski coming back uh, as the second half went on in this game, especially. Uh, you saw that his confidence uh, started to get better and better. Uh, you obviously are someone that you've you've had some injuries. You've had to battle back from some injuries before. How difficult is it to get back into a rhythm, uh, especially when the team is depending on you as much as the Jays will depend on Zagorowski being fully healthy? Uh, how tough is it to get back into a rhythm coming back after injuries or surgeries or whatever the case may be? Uh, I would say one, I, you you want to have a feel for the ball. Like, you know, when I came back, I just, I, I was excited, you know, first off, because, you know, I, I, miss some, I, was, I was missing something from, you know, that I always loved. So, right. you know, first off, you, you, you're excited. Um, secondly, you, you, um, secondly, you want to feel the ball, you know, get a good feel with the ball. And then secondly, you don't want to kind of, you know, rush it, rush, rush your, rush your shots. Cause mm-hmm. if, if you miss your first one, you're like, man, now I'm not really in the, in the rhythm. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like a mind game. Like, Hey, I just want to play comfortable. I, I'm still able to play comfortable, still get into the game. And also you want to, you know, try to get an easy one, your first game back. I mean, I, that's going to help your confidence as well. Like, Hey, I'm still, I'm still in a rhythm. I'm still able to uh, make things happen. So, I mean, with Marcus, you know, he's, he, he's a, you know, five-star, uh, you know, All-American. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's keen on him. So he, every night it has to be, you know, it has to be quick. It has to be um, on top of your game. So, I mean, people think he's having a bad game, but, you know, he's, he's just trying to get comfortable, which he is. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's back. Yeah, me too, because like I said, he's going to be such an important piece. He, he is an important piece to this Jays team. He's yeah. the stir. He's the one that makes the drink stir. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everything starts with him and ends with him. Really, in, in clutch <clears throat> moments, he's a guy that um, the team relies on. And today, mm-hmm. what I liked especially is, you know, once he started getting it going, he got his transition three going. He saw guys were going under screens. He pulled up with no hesitation. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what you want to see from a guy coming back. All yeah. the lower hesitations, you know, the second guessing of himself is kind of out the window. And like I said, in the second half, we certainly saw that his confidence was uh, it was building uh, until obviously the game was secured for the Jays. 
Another guy I want to talk about, obviously, is Mitch Fallick. Struggled a little bit. It's good to see a couple shots fall for him. Uh, I'm never going to say that you're kind of in the same stratosphere as shooting the ball as Mitch. Me, myself included, (laughs) that man can shoot the ball. He's in the Ethan Roggy kind of conversations. Uh, But speaking on, you know, uh, if you have a couple of bad shooting games in a row, how good does it feel to see a couple of shots fall in in that third game? Man, I mean, you, you've kind of like, finally, like I've been putting all this work in, you know, how hard Mitch works. Mitch yeah. works super hard. Like, you know, he's always in the gym getting the extra 100 and extra 200. So, right. I mean, for 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 me, if I miss that, you know, my if I miss, if I go one for five in the game and I'm putting up close to, you know, 300 shots a, a, a day, I'm like, mm-hmm. man, how, how I'm not making these shots? So just seeing a couple go in, you're like, man, I still, you good. I'm good. I'm I good. still got I, it. All that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hard work still paying off. So, so yeah. at that point, it's like, it, it, like I said, it's just, it's all mental. Like you know, obviously, Mitch he knows he's a elite shooter. You know what I'm saying? Elite player. So, at that aspect, if you know having a bad game, bad shooting game, I think he, I think he didn't shoot the comfortable ones that he normally shoots. Those last two games, which he he was kind of off, and. And then he kind of shot some ones that were kind of questionable, like some closeouts hard. He could have drove and things like that. So, I mean, I think I think Mitch, you know, he he should just throw it up there, man. man right. my, my, man, <laughs> my man, percentage is is crazy, and, and, yeah. and you know, you know, you got a feeling that it's gonna go in. So, yeah. Mitch is one of those guys. If he's open, shoot it. If you're half open, shoot it. And if you don't feel like you're that open, still shoot it. Like that's yeah. the kind of uh, green light that I feel like he should have. I, I think he already has it, but uh, no, you're right. Like the hesitations of the last couple of games today, even on the shots that he wasn't making, you could see he just stepped into it with a rhythm. Uh, mm-hmm. A guy that's that great at shooting the basketball, those shots are going to fall eventually. So obviously yeah. we're not, you and I aren't too worried about Mitch at all, are we? <laughs> nah, I'm not. All right, let's talk about you finally. Uh, we got the game, today's game out of the way. Congratulations to the boys back on the winning side of things. You know, it's tough mm-hmm. to see or uh, to witness, you know, a two-game losing streak, but it happens to the best of us. I said in the last, pod, in the last podcast that my panic meter was at 2 out of 10. I wasn't really worried about the boys at all. Today they yeah, proved yeah. me right. Looking mm-hmm. forward to the next game and, and watching them step on the floor and really represent. All right, JC, let's talk about you now, bro. Let's take it all the way back to the beginning, to your high school days. Watson Mills, you doubled as a running back. Not a lot of people know about your football playing days. No. Bro, I'm trying to picture you at, what, 6'5"? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. The Derrick Henry Henry of the DMV. Talk to me about your football playing days. You had a high school record of 313 yards rushing one game, bro. Yeah. Were you really that good of a football player? And why isn't it something that most people know about? Uh, well, I, I didn't go to a lot of camps, so I, I wasn't well known, you know, country, uh, nation, na- national wise. Yeah. But um, I was for sure good. Like, like I was, I was super fast, but I wasn't six five at the time. So. <laughs> I was around, I was around like six foot, you know, six, six uh-huh. one maybe. And I might've been like 5'11", but like my senior year, my soft, my, my senior year, no, going into my senior year, I started growing. 
So I try to like, I'm like, man, I might have to play receiver. So when I went to uh, playing football, you know, growing up, I just, you know, I was just faster than everybody. You know, I just, I watched Reggie Bush, you know what I'm saying? And and, and those Killer. type of dudes. Yeah, Killer. like Charles Woodson, like, you know, right. I'm like, man, like I want to be like these dudes. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just tried to mimic their games. And then uh, when I got taller, I, I switched. So I had to go to receiver. I was like, man, I can't be six four, six five, playing a running back, you know. Right. So I I changed, and then you know I went to uh, I went to receiver going into my junior college. And I'm gonna get into that for sure. I just want to go back yeah. to that 313 yard performance. Oh, what yeah. were those runs looking like? Did you break off like a 60, 70 yard or a couple of times? Yeah, or I think were I had... you nickel diming them a co- like for, for 10 yards of each run? Or how, <laughs> what did that game look like? <laughs> I mean, that game was kind of crazy. Like, it was like a rivalry kind of game. And uh, I broke my first one. It was probably like 65, like, you know what I'm saying? Right up the middle. Uh, gave him a little shake off the <laughs> safety. It was one-on-one with the safety and cook barbecue. So right. one-on-one with the safety, broke that 65. And then from there, it was just kind of like give Jay the ball. So it was just kind of um, – mm-hmm. Uh, it was just kind of a field thing. Like, I break out to the middle 10 yards there, you know what I'm saying? First down, first down. Then I break one 30, you know what I'm saying? So it was just kind of like that. I was just, and I was in the in the zone. Right. We was blocking right, and I just made it happen for real. Of course. You graduate, you end up going to junior college, Compton Junior College at first, and you follow your coach, Coach Caveness, to Fullerton College. At Fullerton is when people really got to see the basketball player, JC. Like, like the mm-hmm. you really blossomed that year. You had a blowout year. Uh, obviously, you talked to me personally about Coach and what he's meant to you. Uh, mm-hmm. So kind of tell the public right now, Coach Kavnitz, what he meant to you, obviously bringing you from Compton to Fullerton and really helping you expand your game to that sophomore year before, you know, all these scouts are looking at you to go Division One. Well, coach, he, you know what I'm saying? First off, he was a man. Like, he, you know what I'm saying? He told us real. He told everybody, like, hey, this is not for everybody. You know what I'm saying? If you want to be something and, and and do something that you really love, he was like, you got to be 100% in it. And, you know, I wanted to make a, a, a difference for, you know, my family, be able to live the way I wanted to live. And I knew basketball at the time was, was something that I really wanted to do. So, um at that point, he just told me like, "Jay, you got some. You got a gift. Like, you super athletic. You super fast." He's like, "And you're strong." You know what I'm saying? So, he was like, "Hey, just just be in the gym." Like, so he just put us in the gym, man. Like, he, he was just he was a good dude to like if if we needed a ride to pick us up. Like, if we if we needed some shoes. Like, he'll he'll, he'll try to figure out a way where we could, you know, get an extra discount or something. Like, you know. And, and that's why I love him, man, because he just went above and beyond just, you know, uh, more than just basketball. Like I said, you had a breakout year that year at Fulton College. You're an MVP of the Orange Empire Conference and the California Community College Athletic Association. So obviously, I'm assuming that a bunch of schools were looking your way, Division One. Um, mm-hmm. Why did you choose Creighton eventually? And what were some of the other schools that you were thinking about going to? This is actually one of my favorite questions that I like to ask the guests <laughs> on the podcast. I like to see what their yeah. mindset was at like, you know, yeah. some, obviously some of the guys at, at 17, 18 making that decision. But here you are at, at 20 uh, or 19, 20 making that decision. Mm-hmm. What were some of the schools that you were looking at? And why did you end up going to Creighton eventually? Uh, well, Creighton, 
Um, it was kind of unique about Creighton because, um, well, let me start off with my mom. <laughs> my mom, she always wanted me to go to a private. She always wanted me to go to a private school. So when when Creighton came up, she was like, "Yup, yeah, going to Creighton. Yeah, <laughs> yup, you going there?" So you know, we went from there, and then well, the kind of college that was kind of um, coming at me was St. John's, which is another private school. Um, and Texas A&M that was in Creighton. Those are the three that, like, it was between, you know, because, you know, I was able, I was going there, be able to play. Um, and they had the great feel that I wanted. So Texas A&M, they had, you know, uh, Middleton, Chris Middleton, DeAndre Jordan, um, Josh Carter, I think, uh, I forgot the point guard's uh, thing is, uh, I forgot his name. And then St. John's had like uh, DJ Kennedy. Um, was DJ hooping uh, overseas right now, bro. Yeah, Ooh, they had, DJ they had Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> they had Kennedy. They had uh, Patrick Ewing Jr. Uh, I think they had like two other players that, you know, was going to touch the league. And then Creighton, they had, you know, some guys that were coming back always in the top of the Missouri Valley which was a plus, um, great academics, which is a plus. Um, and when I got into the Quest Center, which is now the CenturyLink, and they it's, took me all the way up top. Health Center now. <laughs> yeah, well, the Health Center, yeah, well, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, so, man, they, man, they went all, we, we took, took me all the way up top. I'm like, it's over. Like, I was like, yo, this is it. They put the little jumbotron on. I was like, man, this is crazy, man. And they said they packed it out every night. And my mom was like, and hold on, let me take it back. My mom, they were the only team that went and seen my mom. And that was a big factor at the time. And they took her out to dinner, you know, saying she loved it. She was like, hey, you going to Creighton. Right. So <laughs> it, was, it was actually Mama Carter's decision more than anything. Yeah, it was mom. It was mom. I can't, I mean, I can't even <laughs> hold you on that. Like, it was mom, man. Like, which was a great decision, though. Right. So you played football in high school and in junior college. How tough was it to be like, all right, like those playing days are behind me. I got to hang up the cleats and really like get to work on this basketball dream of mine. Uh, it was tough. It was tough because it was, it was something that I actually loved. Like I love football. Like even now, like I'm Saturday, Sunday, like I'm watching football heavy. Like I'm just a fan of football. Like, right. And, and, and I understand it, so it's even better. But it was hard because I had a lot of schools that way too. Like I, I could have been a great NFL player. So at that time, I was just like, well, what's the benefits of me playing football and the benefits of me playing basketball at the time? And it had more benefits of me playing basketball. So I just kind of swayed with it and, and, and just left my first love. Last thing about this football talk before we really dive into your basketball career. I know you're a big fan of who that, who that, then Saints, you know, them boys lost last week. Yeah. Do you think, it's not official yet, do you think we've seen Drew Brees' last game? For me, I think it should, <laughs> it should, <laughs> I mean, being a Daha fan, like, I think it should be, I think it should be his last game. I mean, uh -huh. it's tough if somebody can't throw the ball over 25 yards consistently right. downfield and we seen that last game obviously it was the turnovers that that, that hurt us but 
at, at this point, it's like Breeze, you you've done enough. You done, you know what I'm saying? You changed our whole franchise and, and, and made us, you know, a talk a, a talk of the town, talk of the league for years. So I think he is able to he can he can pass the torch and be happy. All right. So you play for Coach Altman, obviously for your two years there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your relationship with Altman like? You know, he's a legend in Omaha. He's always going to be a, a legendary Creightonian. Uh, what was your relationship with him, and and why was he the type of coach that you wanted to play for? Uh, well, Coach Altman, he was a um, he was a hard nosed uh, coach. He <laughs> you know he wanted he wanted the best out of his players. You know, he always put a put a uh, put it in your mind that playing hard is, is, is only yourself. So if you play hard, you can get five, six points just from getting the offensive rebound or, or, or you know, five, uh, three steals just from getting in the passing lane and, and, and knowing your principles. So he was just, he was a coach like that. He just, he, you know, he, he was real about the book, real particular of what he wanted on offense and defense, which, you know, help, it can help a, a young player, it can help a seasoned player, which I was going in, mm-hmm. uh, coming from junior college as well. And, uh, you know, it, it also helps you win games. Like if you if, if everybody's dif- disciplined and being on the same page, you know, you know obviously your, your, your team is going to be more polished than most teams that's not more disciplined than y'all. You never played under Coach Mack, but uh, obviously you're still around the program. Like you're still in the gym in the summertime. You live in Omaha still. Uh, what are some of the differences, maybe in personalities, between Coach Mack and and Coach Altman? Because you would be one of the guys who who would have yeah. that experience, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach Altman, you know, you meet him and and he gives you a joke or two, and then he's off. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's it. It's over. <laughs> You know, he give you a joke until it's over. But you mm-hmm. know, Coach Mack, he'll give you a joke, man. And then he'll give you some dap, like which is weird from you know a coach at you know at a, at a Division One that's not you know African American. You know, it, it just hits home. Like, hey, he's 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 down to earth. He's cool. And and for for me meeting Mack, it was it was like, man, there are cool Division One coaches, not just, you know, <laughs> right. about, about the business all the time. So mm-hmm. he can talk, you can talk to him about anything other than basketball, which, which is cool. So, I mean, being both, both sides is, is, is pretty cool. Some, uh, meeting both, both type of coaches. That's the one thing about Coach Mack that I think, uh, obviously it's, I mean, people talk about it, but he's so personable. Like you mentioned, like, it's not only about basketball that he talks to, like even me, mm-hmm. Uh, I played with for him seven years ago, right? And he still like talks to me. Hey, how's it going? How's the family? You know, he always mm-hmm. wants to know how he can help. Uh, like, and and just his perspective on on some of the aspects, as you know, people forget he also played a couple years overseas too. So he kind of yeah. gives me advice on that end as well. Yeah. He, I'm sure he does the same kind of things for you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he for sure. He 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 keep telling me, man, keep playing till you can't play no more, man. Right. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. So <laughs> he'd be like, man, if they, if they offering you, man, you better go. So, I mean, that's, that's a good advice just because, you know, if you love the game, if you love, you know what I'm saying, basketball, you know, he wants you to be be able to, uh, you know, brought, uh, showcase your, your talent, which is, you know, every coach with or any mentor, you know, which, which he is kind of now for, for most players like us that, that go back. Um, I would say, yeah, he, he gives you good motivation and also talks talks to you about, you know, whatever is going on. 
Right. Uh, another thing I want to talk about. <laughs> okay, so you you graduate. I'm I'm a 17 year old, 18 year old. I think on my visit. Uh, how? Okay. <laughs> I want to make sure that I frame this properly, right? Because you weren't my actual host on my visit. My host was Daryl Ashford. You yeah. and Daryl obviously are boys, like to this day. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So after we go out to dinner and all that stuff, I go back to the dorms to meet some more of the guys. You're in the dorm as the first time that I meet you. We end mm-hmm. up having like a really chill night, and uh, your wife now, your girlfriend back then, we end up going to her house and just hanging out with a couple of people. I met her family way back mm-hmm. when. Yeah. Do you do you remember much about that night and how you were yeah. a huge catalyst to get me to commit to crater right there on that <laughs> dinner table? Man, it was it was crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I was it, it was crazy. It was like it was like I was passing a note to everybody, like, hey, when you walk past him, tell him to come to Creighton. Like it, right. was, it was just something like that. Like everybody that came up to you, like, hey, you're on your visit? You coming to Creighton? <laughs> like, you know right. what I'm saying? And I was telling everybody, like, hey, hey, we got to get him to Creighton. We got to get him to Creighton. Like, you know what I'm saying? So everybody was kind of just, you know, giving their two cents in, which was cool. And and it's kind of funny now thinking about it. Like, you didn't even know these people. And you were no super idea. cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and and you was you weren't like, why do they keep telling me this, you know? And it, 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 was, it was, that's why we always, you know what I'm saying? We family now because. It's just cool, like you know what I'm saying. You just always down to earth and, and and made it happen. And it's kind of funny because like a lot of people think you know D got you there, but it was really me. It, no, Daryl had nothing to do. <laughs> Daryl had nothing to do with it. You were the hidden hand behind everything, yeah, bro. Yeah. And it's so funny that like you talked about your visit earlier when you walked into Two Quest Center Omaha, which is now Shot House Center. Uh, when you looked up at the stands and they told you that they packed it out, I kind of had that same reaction too. Like, I think even when I walked in, then I was like, man, where the papers at? Like, let me sign. But like, it was really that night, like meeting you guys, like feeling that, like that family vibe really. Uh, mm-hmm. And you introducing me to everybody, obviously. I, I sat at that dinner table and I was just like, hey guys, I think I'm ready to commit. And I remember yeah. the whole room just started clapping hard. <laughs> and then the music got like, louder. And yeah, hey, we started getting right. I'm like, man, it's crazy. Like actually getting somebody to commit here. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think I did that before, but like actually convincing somebody, you know what I'm saying? So uh, to, to to commit to Creighton, but which was, which was super cool. Right. And again, it speaks to the family atmosphere that Creighton has in general. Like I said, you're 11 year pro overseas now. You graduated 11 years ago. That's kind of what to think about. Even when I think wow. about myself, like seven years ago for me, like that's still a really long time. How cool mm-hmm. is it to know that, you know, whenever you're on campus, whenever you go back into the championship center to work out, that it's really a home for you, that people still rock with you and that, you know, the family atmosphere that Creighton is will always be there for you. Um, it, it's, it's comforting, man, uh, to be able to, you know, get good work in, um, you know, having the same trainers, like Ben still there, like, mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy, you know, to think about that. And, uh, it, it just, it just speaks volume on how, how, how Creighton, you know, is, is really a family oriented because, you know, not a lot of coaches or, or teams are still, still, um, at their, at the schools that are still, uh, at the schools that, coached uh, former players, you know what I'm saying? And, and Creighton is still welcoming. Coach Mack is still welcoming. And, and it's just a, it's just a vibe every time we go back to the championship center. Right. We got to run it one-on-one this summer for sure. 
Top of the key. You already know what it is. It happens every time, but top of the key. You already know what it is. Awesome time. We'll get into that too. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it, man. First of all, obviously, congratulations. You've carved out so far an 11 year career playing overseas. Like people know how difficult it is to just obviously maintain that kind of lifestyle. You started off in Slovakia, of all places. Your very first year after graduating and training in the summertime, flying off to Europe, did you think that you would be this deep in the game 11 years later? I'm going to tell you, uh, first jumping off the plane? No. First jumping <laughs> off the plane? No. <laughs> man, I'm trying to tell you, man, as, as, a, as, a, as a man, a, a boy trying to be a man, and right. just leaving a family, you know what I'm saying? I'm already in college or whatever, but I'm talking about leaving a country where nobody speaks English, mm-hmm. nobody talks talking to you, nobody really cares about how you feel off the court other than making a jump shot. Mm-hmm. Like, man, like I actually was like, man, this is not for me. Like, this is not how it's supposed to be. Like, it's not supposed to be like that. And then I would say the games hit and this time started flying and and I started, you know, you know, playing good, playing better, getting more comfortable. And and, and then I was like, all right, maybe I can do this. It, it, it's cool. It's just basketball, really. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I just kind of started thinking about it like that my first year, you know, not having family there, not having anybody that, that was there that was, you know, close to me. And that's another thing that I want to talk to you about, obviously, is the fact that year after year you have to pick up or pack up, pick up all your things, leave, go to a new place, a new situation, a new area, and kind of do it all over again. Talk about kind of like the sacrifices, your father, your husband. Talk about the Mm -hmm. sacrifices of always having to pack up and leave. You know, obviously, some years your family's been able to go with you, but for the most part, Mm -hmm. they've had to hold down the fort in Omaha while you're gone. So kind yeah. of speak to that and, and you know, the difficulties of, of uh, you want to help your family out, right? This is what you do financially, mm-hmm. but also the, the difficulties of not always being there and, and missing some things that I'm sure fathers don't want to miss. Um, I mean, it's tough. It's tough, man, because like July, you, you try to sign in June. Yeah. And if you don't sign in June, you don't, you don't and you don't sign in July and you sign in July, you're like, all right, this is my last three weeks here because you know you're going in beginning of August you know what I'm saying so it's a different it's a different feeling you know one when my family is going and then this it's another feeling when I'm going alone because alone you know I'm 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 leaving a routine that I had for five months you know what I'm saying Or, or three months in the summer waking up taking the kids you know going to work out come back, had the kids, making lunch, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Going to bed on time, like, you know what I'm saying? Things like that. To go on the, uh, I can basically do whatever I want. I go to sleep when I want. I, I, I cater to when, you know, they go on to school. I got to tell them, that, uh, you know what I'm saying, have a good day at school and then, you know, talking to the wife while I'm, you know, about to go to practice and things like that. So it's just two different stories um, or two different, you know, feelings being alone and then being with my family. And talk about like when you know, let's just say like you make a deep playoff run, you've been eliminated. Obviously you want to go as far as you can, but when that final, <laughs> I might be speaking for myself here, but when that final buzzer sounds and you know your season is over, what is that feeling that comes over you? Cause you know, like, man, two more days, I got 48 more hours here. Man, and that, that's that flight it. is. 
I, I was just about to say that though. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you know you were there 48, bro, 48 hours. Like that last budget, you like, yo, all right, I'm 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 packed. I'm packed that right. same night. I'm packed that same night. <laughs> I'm weeding out. I'm weeding out everything that that I don't need. I'm putting it in the pile, and everything else is packed. And I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Jay, do you do the same thing that I do? Because I I start to mentally prepare about that moment like weeks in advance. Like even right now, honestly, like if if whatever, like last year the season came uh to an end abruptly, right? Because of coronavirus yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Even if right now they're like, hey, you gotta go home tomorrow. I'm like, you already know what's staying, what's leaving, yeah. what's coming back That's in the back. Are you exactly like that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all my t-shirts that, that I've been wearing, you know what I'm saying, twice twice every every two days. Now nah, it's over. You can toss dub, yeah. It's over for them. You know what I'm saying? All the all the all the game, all the t-shirt gear, you know what I'm saying? All this. It's, right. It's, it's, it, I'm leaving that. I'm leaving that. You know what I'm saying? So I know all that for sure. I know That's, all that for sure. It's crazy, dog, because like it, it's just a feeling like it's excitement, man. It, it, it's excitement, like yo, you, I'm going back to the states, man. I'm about to get some right. Chick Fil A. I'm about to get all that, man. Like, yo, you know what I'm saying. That's crazy. Like, you're already going into the next question. I want to ask you. I was going to ask you what was going to be your first meal when you get back, but you're already stepping into it. Talk to me about it because, again, people don't understand. Like, it's the simple things, it's the nuances of like what you can get back home and what you can't get over here in Europe. What is your first meal when you touch down? I mean, for sure, we're going to the drive through with Chick fil A. You know what I'm saying? For sure, I'm getting a, I'm, I'm getting a, a spicy chicken, uh, yeah, spicy chicken. Then I'm getting a, 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 I might get a four piece strip, large fry with the lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yo, you heard it here first. The man has his his scheduled meal on and, deck. And then in the morning, I, I can keep going. And then in the morning, I'm getting some cinnamon rolls. Uh-huh. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm getting all that, man. I can't wait. Like even even now, like we got a little break, like international break. You know, you get it in I think November, then you get it in February now. Mm-hmm. Um and, and they, they, they said we can go home and I'm already I'm already putting in orders, man. Right. I, I know for me, like the one thing I look forward to obviously when I'm in Canada is a Putin. I need to have my Putin. I need that fries, that gravy, that cheese, I need all of that. Man. And then the very the very next thing I need the nearest steakhouse. I need a porterhouse, forty uh-huh. ounces. I need all of that. Steak I need to go to Drover. Yeah, <laughs> I need to go to Drover when I'm back in Omaha. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You already yeah. know. Man. All right. So obviously you played at all levels: high school, junior college, Division One of, you know, Slovakia, Turkey. You went from you know, second league in Turkey, I believe at one point with Usak mm-hmm. to all the way up to Euro League with Galatasaray and, and you've played in in every level since back and forth. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about like the different levels of basketball in Europe and how your experience jumping from one level to another has helped you, you know, obviously accumulate a name for yourself where teams are always going to be interested, but also mm-hmm. it's helped you develop your game and become a better professional as time has gone on. Yeah, um, as a young player, you know, when I first came over, you know, the, the first thing that somebody tells you when, when you're coming over Europe is score. Right. That's, a, that's the that first too. thing. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they tell you, like, yo, just go out there and score. And Actually, I think I might have heard that from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yo, shoot the ball, man. <laughs> so, so, uh, I mean, so I was in Slovakia. I want, I want to put it in, you know, perspective. Like when I was in Slovakia, you know, we we practiced twice a day. I'm like, yo, this is not normal. Like, how do you plan t- practicing twice a day? We got a game in two days. Like, still plan practicing twice a day. And they like, yeah, this is how it is in Europe. And the league was super physical. So they were like, hey, this league is not good at all uh, talent-wise, but physically it, it, it's going to help you, you know, in the, in the long run. And I felt I understood it like mid-season, like, okay, it's real, real physical. And then I went to Turkey in the second division, and, and it was kind of easier because they're more finesse players. They're not, right. you know, more of a, a you know, hard-nosed, real tough defense. They real, you know, tactical. So being in Turkey, um, you know, I had a couple coaches where, you know, we were just more tactical. Hey, if 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 the guy's on the elbow and he's at the three point line, I want you to turn your hips this way just so you can get out there faster and things like that. So I learned, you know, more tacticals when I was in in Turkey, second division, and then when I went to Euro League and, and Euro Cup, I understood that, you know, every position was they're elite players. You know, now you got Mike James, you got, uh, you know, uh, Corey Higgins, you know, a specialist at the, um, you know, at the two, and then you got a big man, you know, one can block, one can post up. And, you know, if they're a shooter, they're elite shooters, so you can't leave them. So learning that in the EuroLeague was was kind of, you know, eye-opening because, you know, you can't slack every night because it's a, you know, somebody's gonna, you know, beat you by 30 if you're not on your, your A game. And then um, I would say, I mean, a lot of, it's a lot of players here in Europe that a lot of players don't know in, in, in the U.S., which is, you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. But it's great basketball in Europe. Right. Yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, on your Galatasaray team, the EuroLeague team that you're on, you play with Carlos Arroyo. Am I, is that right? Okay, so I wanted to make sure because I remember, I think I was in Cyprus those years and I was really tuning in. <clears throat> Obviously, mm-hmm. the time difference made it so that I was actually able to watch a ton of your games. And you are an older brother to me. Like, you've, you've given me game over the years and I was always looking up to you, especially that was my second year. I think you were in your fifth year already at that point or sixth year. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about, like, playing with such a experienced point guard and how much he helped your, your game be just, just simpler by putting you in the right positions. I mean, he, he's, I mean, he's, 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 he's a different level because he's, he knows two plays before what he's going to do. Like, and he'll put you in a position where, you know, the first time if we run a play three times, he's going to get you a different shot, a different way, you know, in those three different, uh, uh, in those three different plays, three different times. So he's, I mean, he's a big brother to me, man. I look up to him. Because, you know, he kind of changed my thinking as well. Like, he's a superstar. You know, played with LeBron James, you know, got a right. ring, everything. Like, you know. And when I was in Europe, like, you know, people always want a picture. You know, hey, it's a black guy. Hey, uh, let me get a picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, man, no. Like, at one point, I'm like, nah. And then I went to Gala with, with, with uh, Carlos, and he took every picture, bro. Every picture. And it was kind of eye opening. I'm like, yo, this dude's an NBA champion, and he's taking every picture. He's he's way more established than me. Right. And I was like, all right, hold up, I gotta. All right, I'm taking every picture. Like, 
I'm like, all right, I'm love taking every picture. So he kind of changed. He kind of changed my game, and, and and he always told me like, Jay, you you can't let off the gas. He, that's what he always told me like, Jay, when you let off the gas, you're helping your opponent. So mm-hmm. like, sometimes in the back of my mind, I I think about when when he when he tell me that for sure. Talk about uh, your experience playing with the Phoenix Suns for summer league. Uh, again, it's another thing that you and I talked about extensively, obviously off the air uh, mm-hmm. throughout the years and stuff like that. But you had a chance to play in the NBA summer league uh, after a couple of breakout years in Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. In my opinion, you, they kind of did you dirty. They didn't give you the playing time that you understood. Yeah. But the way that you explained it to me was that obviously they had some young players that they drafted that they wanted to develop. So mm-hmm. how, how tough was it for you to, you know, you want to be on the floor, you want to compete, you want to win games, but like the organization obviously has different ideas in mind. Uh, I mean, it was, it was tough because, you know, I was at my prime. I, right. I, went, I went to uh, the Suns and I was at my prime. I was actually, you know, going up, I was ascending in my, in my career, like, you know, and, and I went there and it was kind of eye opening, like Jay, you know, not not that I couldn't play with the level, but it was like, hold up, like, you know, there's a lot more positions, a lot more things you can you can work on. Like I could be a better teammate. I can be a, you know, a better, you know, I was older than those guys, so I can be a, a better of a leader, you know what I'm saying? Telling what I see on the court, uh, what was going on on the court, what they missed and things like that. So, you know, with those guys, they were, you know, either getting drafted, just got drafted or they were in their first year. So, it was kind of like, hey, I can, this is my fifth, sixth year, and I can, you know, just teach those guys little things, you know, about about the game. And it, it was eye-opening because, you know, I had I had a drive and I had something that I wanted to show, you know, and I wasn't able to. But it was just super humbling for me, and, and, and I learned from it for sure. How crazy it is, is it that, like, different situations can really – shape your career like let's just say like they do give you a shot and you do get a chance to shine mm-hmm. maybe they invite you back to you know the preseason training camp you know? yeah and you know yeah. things could be a totally different in a parallel universe mm-hmm. maybe that happened but yeah, in the reality yeah. that we're living in you know mm-hmm. they wanted you to be a leader they wanted you to kind of talk to other guys kind of help mold those other guys so mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. like how crazy it is like the circumstance that you're in can really help shake you know the future of your career I mean, like, I mean, nowadays I just try to think of, you know, every, every position, everything that I, that I go through as a learning, a learning curve or a learning experience, because, you know, it, it, you don't want to make the same mistake twice. I know most people probably heard that, you know? Yeah. So, so, um, you know, being on the level of EuroLeague and then now, you know, playing in the ABA, Adriatic League and, mm-hmm. and, and, and looking at EuroLeague, I'm like, why am I, I'm not there. I'm I'm thinking to myself like I'm I'm still athletic. I'm I'm still able to, you know, get to the bucket. I'm still able to, you know, break down a defender. And 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 I'm like, why am I not there? And 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 some some ways it's like, hey, I gotta either I gotta uh tweak my game or I gotta learn a, a different way to get there. You know, there there's always a different way to get somewhere. And and I always think about it like that. Like we gotta if if it's if it's for me then you know god we god willing but right. if 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 not if i'm trying to get there i gotta learn the way how to get there or, or teach myself how a way that, to get there what's been your favorite place to play 
I mentioned at the top of the broadcast that you've been all over. <laughs> and obviously you. playing EuroLeague, playing EuroCup, playing Europe Cup, uh, you've played in literally maybe every country in Europe. Like, I don't think it's hyperbole mm. to say such a thing. So what has been your favorite place to play and maybe give us a reason why? Uh, uh, you, you mean as a, as, as, a, as, a, as a visitor or, or my team? Uh, maybe, okay, talk to me about like one of your favorite teams to play for, I guess, because the home mm. crowd or whatever the case may be, maybe mm. the way the organization treated you. And then give me yeah, one yeah. spot that when you went back there, you're like, Yo, I, I love playing in this gym, like as a visiting player. Yeah, uh, well, I would say my favorite team um, that I played on was and and city would be Istanbul, just because it's it's a major city, right? You know, Twenty million people in one city is, is 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 you know obviously everybody knows New York, so you imagine that overseas, um, you know. Big yeah, I think your son and, was born that year too, right? Uh, in Turkey, yeah, Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, you know, I would say I would say Gala just because the 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 crowd was crazy. I had some crazy crowds, but but Gala was crazy. Um, we were Euroleague. Um, you know, obviously we had you know a good good cohesive unit as a team, which was which was cool. And then visiting playing, I think I would say Athens. And and Zagris, yeah, that's in Lithuania. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And but the crowd that I the the craziest crowd was Red Star, which is in Serbia, Belgrade, yeah. Serbia. It was twenty four thousand people. I I only seen it on movies, which was probably fake. Right. Going into a locker room and the lockers were shaking, like mm -hmm. I, it was it was literally shaking. Like I, I walked in and it was really really shaking. Before the game, like it was 45 minutes before the game, we went out there. I had my beats, like you, those beats. What you got on? I got uh, the Sony's right here, boy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I had some beats. I had some beat pros or something like. Nah, I had some beat. Uh, the little studio jumps over my head. You know, noise right. canceling jumps. Right. Didn't no justice. <laughs> I heard everything they were saying. I ain't hear no Wayne in my headphones, man. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy, man. I'm trying to tell you, Jay. It was crazy. So, like, at that point, I'm like, man, this got to be the wildest crowd mm -hmm. I ever played in, played for. And and Serbians are known for, like, their crazy crowds. Like, I, I played in Romania my very first year. I had five Serbian teammates. Obviously, they watch every Red Star yeah. game and every sure. – uh, well, what's the other team? Why am I blanking on their name? Partisan, yeah, every partisan game too. And they would tell me legendary stories about throwing water bottles on the court, like Man. sending off uh, what is the little fireworks or whatever on Fourth yeah, of July, yeah, like the flares, little, flares. Fl yeah, 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 and yeah. like the firecrackers is what I meant. Yeah, the firecrackers mm -hmm. too in the oh, stands yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah, always yeah. told me stories about crazy Serbian crowds. So like the fact that you got yeah. to play in it. It's actually like super dope, something that I hope I get a chance to do at some point in my life. But uh, actually, last week we went down to Konas, uh, my team here in Lithuania. W wasn't a fun experience. This is a, that's a tough arena to play in. For yeah, sure. man, it's like yeah. a, like an NBA arena, black uh, black out all around. Right, tough. and their their crowds get rocking too. Yeah. So obviously, COVID has been challenging for all of us. Uh, both of our seasons got cut short last year because of it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we're both back now playing. I could talk about like some of the restrictions that we have here as far as like who we can come in contact to, what we can do, where we can go. Mm-hmm. Playing in Croatia, you say you're playing in Adriatic <clears throat> League too, which means you're traveling from country to country as well. What have mm-hmm. been some of the like restrictions that have been placed on your team as far as what you can and can't do off of the floor? Uh, right now, like everything in, in, in Croatia is closed. So you can't go to a bar, you can't go to a coffee shop, you can't go to a restaurant. You all only can take out food, which our team is pretty good about that right now. They they set us up with like just one one uh one restaurant where we can pick up food, you know, lunch and dinner, so we won't have to go to you know like a a, a mall or or go into a restaurant where a lot of people may go to, which is open. So that's one. And then uh, two, we 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 do uh, a little bit more. What's that? Small groups. So we're not kind of in contact with everybody at the at, at the same time just so you know we can we can uh not spread the virus or not you know what i'm saying everybody get it at the same time if, if if one player gets it and things like that that's just that's just the little things that we're doing here um um to you know put a little alcohol on your hands before we walk in there like you know what i'm saying we just do right. doing the, the due diligence that you know most people are doing last thing i wanted to talk to you about before we get off the pod uh you actually got to witness one of my very first times playing golf <laughs> a few <laughs> years ago when i was still a cream blue jay uh yeah, i think it was yeah. my junior year during fourth of july i wasn't doing none you invited me out yeah. uh to mm-hmm. you and, and your wife's family's place we we played on the golf course it was like my mm-hmm. first time actually swinging a golf club yeah. so my question is to you I, I feel like i've improved tremendously over the years i already talked to austin about getting on the course i talked to doug about getting on the course now i'm asking you jc when are we getting on the course this summer to to see where our games are at yo as soon as we can i'm trying yep. to tell you that's one thing i miss too like just going out there having you know what I'm saying, a couple hours just chilling man so Man, as soon as possible, as soon as you touch down in Omaha, man, we out there. <laughs> Let's go. It's on, bro. You already know. We got one-on-one time you, with the key on. and we got you golf. Got better? You got better? I got better. Okay, so my brother, Willie, thank you. Bless, blessings to you, Willie, for my birthday this past summer. He actually got me my very first set. So uh, this summer, obviously, with COVID, there wasn't too much to do. What was open was, you know, driving yeah, ranges, courses. Yeah. So him and I actually mm-hmm. spent a lot of time on, on the range and on the course uh-huh. so I, i've definitely gotten better so i'm trying to see where yeah. you at bro i'm not calling you on <laughs> tonight but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see where you at all right yeah i'm 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 up the par now i'm up the par I ain't gonna right me, so so okay. we out there we out there i can't wait bro we'll catch up for sure bro i want to thank you yeah. so much for stepping foot into the j once again you know it's hey. been a long time coming hey. <laughs> But I just want to say thank you. Obviously, I know you have a game tomorrow and, you know, this is kind of out of your way. So I appreciate you taking the time to all of you guys listening out there. Make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network. Like I said, we're doing great things over here, providing with content just like this episode. This was episode 007, the James Bond episode uh, starring my boy, Justin Carter. Man, I appreciate you. Love you, bro. Can't wait to see you this summer. All right. Stay safe. For sure, man. Love you too, brother, man. Holla at me. Yes, sir. Take care, everyone. Go Jays. Always.